Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard. Oh, my God, do I have some theories. <laughs> Okay, uh, I know it still hasn't been on the ABC yet because it's uh, only Wednesday. Um, so if you're waiting, uh, why are you listening to this? Oh, you've, you've already watched it. It was Thursday. You're listening to five of them on Friday. I get it. It makes sense. Anyway, uh, I'm still talking about Spyfall Part 2 uh, of Doctor Who. Uh, and I've had many, 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 many people with uh, many theories about what is going on. Now, this is one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> James on Twitter has said that the Kasavan realm, the Kasavan, the white glowy people that uh, transported the Doctor to visit Ada Lovelace and Nor Khan in World War II... Uh, and, you know, also then tried to attack Graham and Ryan and Yaz and they had something to do with the Silver Lady in the Box. Anyway, the Kasavan realm, according to James, is in fact the 7% of Barton's DNA, which was altered like a hard drive, yes, because he's got a USB in him now, Lenny Henry. Uh, hence what it looks like hair and the electrical impulses. Good, good, good. Um, plus the Kasavan themselves are the Time Lords. Ooh, that is a good theory, which the Master has trapped in some weird form to do his bidding because he said he'd destroy Gallifrey. However, he didn't say how, and the whole DNA rewriting is Time Lord tech. That is a fascinating theory. I do love that. I had one myself... Because when the Doctor called it the Silver Lady, I was 
put in mind of Lady Painfort from Silver Nemesis, which is the, I think, the 25th anniversary special of Doctor Who, uh, featuring Sylvester McCoy and the Cybermen. And there have been many, many people who think the silhouettes look like Cybermen, and we know that there's a Cyberman coming this series. So, my theory is that somehow Lady Painfort's coming back. Uh and or the silver nemesis herself, which was Lady Painford as a statue with a bow and arrow. It's it's very strange, silver nemesis. If you want to watch it, uh, I would watch it now. But you know, this week I've dedicated to my birthday episode being Terror of the Autons. That's if I get around to it. <laughs> I'm on the Gold Coast, I might not manage it. Um, oh, so Stevie on Twitter has a theory about the Silver Lady in the Jar. It's another Cyberman origin story. Yeah, thank you. There we go. You're on board with me. Uh, in this reality, everyone who invents technology adds to the Silver Being until it spawns Cybermen. <gasps> oh, like one of those eggs in my Tap Tap game. I've been playing one of those merge games. You know, like Merge Dragons or Merge Magic. Does anyone play those? I, I've become weirdly obsessed with spitting things out of a merge. Like you merge things and things pop out of them like you merge trees and berries but look it's a mindless piece of nothing but I can't stop like at least an hour a day I spend merging things and having things spit out so I like the idea of <laughs> things being like merging silver ladies until it spawns Cybermen anyway uh, the last added according to Stevie is a Time Lord maybe the Doctor that technically was uh the storyline behind uh, Spare Parts, the big finish story uh, that dealt the dealt with the origin of the Cybermen. Now, this came about before they brought the show back in 2005. Like, it's a very old story. Uh, you can get it on vinyl, believe it or not. Um, it's very expensive, though. I wanted to buy one, but I don't have a record player. And also, vinyl's quite big. You know, I've got enough clutter. Uh, but yes, in Spare Parts, it was the addition of the Peter Davison Doctor's DNA that created the Cybermen the way they are. They were just kind of functional robot-y people before that and the Doctor's DNA, you know, drove them forward. Uh, and it's very cutely because, you know, they're called Cybermen, which is gender-specific. Like, I keep saying policeman and I know it's inappropriate. Same with policewoman. Um, but the there was a woman doctor and her name was Dr. Man Allen. Um, <laughs> so, the, the Cyberman was just a way they spoke in that on that Planet Mondas version that in that story. It's it's seriously it's one of the best big finishes you could listen to. It is it is a wonderful, wonderful story. Um it's yeah, so still it's I was about to call it, say Silver Nemesis. No, that was the other Doctor Who one. It's called Spare Parts, uh and it is uh yeah, one of one of the best big finishes from their very, very early days. Uh, Stevie continues uh, with their theories. Uh, number two, in this universe the time war is between the Time Lords and the Cybermen. Oh, with the master being the one who uses the moment to end the war. The master in the barn having a conversation with his wife from the sounds of drums, though Missy would be better. Oh, that is a that is a quite out there theory. I quite like it. Um uh the <laughs> the BMT on Twitter has a theory and says, Don't squirt me because they haven't caught up on my backlog of podcasts. But you you don't need to, just dip in wherever you like. Uh it's probably been said this master might not be post Missy. Yes, that has been said a couple of times. This might be an earlier generation closer to Delgado's. The personality is similar. Yeah, because they have kind of gone back very, very early with um, 
some of the references, like back to the Delgado Master, was is the one from the Terror of the Autons, uh, who battled John Pertwee when he first appeared, and that moment where the Doctor says uh, contact and says, you know, you're not the only one that can go old school. I think she meant old school with the shrinking people, um, but yeah, you're not the only one that can go old school. You're not the only one who could do classic, because uh, you know we do talk about the original series of Doctor Who as classic Doctor Who as opposed to new Who. Although I don't like the people who spell New Who with just a U. I don't like New Who because I feel like it's too American. I Look, this is... I'm a very old person. We freak out when things become too American. I, we, don't, we don't mind when they're too British, which is weird because, you know, we were... They were our overlords for a long time. Um, but yeah, that moment, the contact moment where they have the little psychic conversation, very, very fascinating. Now, that does lead me to a bit of a, an, an historical inaccuracy in the episode. I know we've got Ada and we've got Noor and they're both real historical characters, like drawn from history. But there is a moment in this episode where the Doctor does something that could never have possibly happened at the Eiffel Tower, and that is catching the lift. Um, the French Resistance, when the Nazis invaded in 1940, the French Resistance cut the cables on the Eiffel Tower so that when Hitler visited, he would have to walk up every last step. <laughs> and the the cables weren't repaired. The lift wasn't repaired until 1946, after the war. So, unless the Doctor has somehow sonicked the cable <laughs> so she can get down in the, the lift... It's going to be a very quick trip down there. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I, I'm I'm sorry to bring this this to you, but sometimes there are historical inaccuracies in Doctor Who. I know it's a science fiction show, so maybe it was fixed for that one day, and then it was broken again the next day. I mean, the Doctor might have broken it again with the Sonic when she got to the bottom. How's that for a theory? Oh, I'm, I've got theories coming out of my face today. I am not going to get time to watch this uh, old episode from the 70s. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going through. Everyone has really, really been excited. I'm getting sprayed a lot on Twitter. Uh, now I'd like to read you a very controversial uh, opinion that I've had uh, on my Facebook page. My Facebook fa- page is Fabulous Adam Richard. I posted a picture of Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor looking out at the ruins of Gallifrey. It's a heartbreaking moment. It is just really, really tragic. And William on Facebook has said about that scene, that scene was probably the best scene she's been in. I, uh, I saw her actually act for once and it was good. I saw emotion, not her cringe comedy trying to be a Matt Smith and David Tennant bootleg. Oh, that is that is unfair. Uh, and personally, I think Jodie Whittaker has been doing some spectacular acting in this show. Uh, and you might compare it to David Tennant or Matt Smith. David Tennant was... I'm very excited and talked very quickly. And yes, I can see those parallels. But he never seemed as childishly excited about things. Like when... <laughs> also the childish disappointment where, you know, when she when she gets told by Yaz that she can't turn on the, the siren on the police car. And that kind of childishness, that kind of pure delight that she gets in her eyes. Uh, because there was there was a lot going on with... 
with David Tennant and Matt Smith's characterizations, which was, you know, there was a there was a mania, there was kind of an energy, and yes, I see that Jodie Whittaker is doing a similar thing in her behavior as was Peter Capaldi in his, except he had a guitar and sunglasses. Um, but yeah, I don't, I really don't characterize this as being her only good performance. It's just because it's a sad moment, and she's really good at that. I mean, she did three seasons of that as Beth Latimer on. On Broadchurch, so we know she can do it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I take issue with your opinion. Uh, anyway, I've run up against the theory clock and uh, we've run out of time. I'm, I can still talk about this all week. Uh, tomorrow uh, is the day that it is on in Australia on the ABC. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk a bit more about it openly. 